This is Shakespeare Closely Read. I'm your host, Mark Naftal. In this podcast, I read the works of William Shakespeare and other authors in the public domain. In addition to reading these works in their entirety, I will stop frequently to comment on the text, its meaning, and lessons to be drawn. This is a place for lovers of Shakespeare's words, words, words. I delight in the beauty of his language and believe this beauty we can find truth and how to live a virtuous life. I hope this podcast can help students understand Shakespeare better and how to appreciate his sometimes difficult language. Maybe you can use it to help you write papers or study for tests. Drop me an email at shakespeareclosely at gmail.com if you have questions, comments, alternative interpretations. I would like some help. Let us begin. We are now in scene five, or excuse me, act five, scene two of Coriolanus. Uh, Coriolanus and the, the Vulsions are threatening Rome, and uh, Rome is sending out Coriolanus's friends, anything else they can to, to, to try to influence him. It seems like the whole uh, campaign in Rome's danger depends on, uh, on Coriolanus. So let's dive in. Scene two, enter Meninius, who is Coriolanus's old friend, and an older patrician, an astute politician. Uh, to the watch or guard, I suppose these are in the uh, the Vulsion forces. First watch, again, I'm just going to call them first and second. Stay, whence are you? Second, stand and go back, Meninius. You guard like men, tis well, but by your leave I am an officer of state and come to speak with Coriolanus. Okay, so uh, he approves of them and their, their duty. Uh, Meninius seems to have some of the old... Uh, Roman virtues there, um, and he approves of them and, and what they're doing. So they're they're like like men. First, from whence, Meninius, from Rome. First, you may not pass; you must return. Our general here will no more hear from thence. Second, you'll see your Rome embraced with fire before you'll speak with Coriolanus, Meninius. Good, my friends, if you heard your general talk of Rome and of his friends there. It is lots to blanks. My name hath touched your ears. It is Meninius. And so speak, uh, and notice that they say uh, Coriolanus is, is, is their general, and he, he recognized that too, your general talk of Rome. Could be a little bit of play there, general talk of Rome, like uh, sort of um, just general, not specific. First, be it so, go back. The virtue of your name is not here passable. Not going to let him through. That's not passable. Meninius, I tell thee, fellow, thy general is my lover. I have been the book of his good acts. Whence men have read his fame unparalleled, happily amplified. So he's saying, hey, I did everything I could to puff him up and uh, and talk about his his good deeds. For I've ver- ever verified my friends of whom he's chief with all the size that verity would without lapsing suffer. Nay, sometimes... Like to a bowl upon a subtle ground, I have tumbled past the throw. Okay, the, the image there is of uh, lawn bow, bow, bowling. And um, I guess the thing that had rough spaces in it, so it sort of bounces along. Back to the text. And in his praise, I almost stamped the leasing. Therefore, fellow, I must have leave to pass. Okay, leave and leasing there. A bit of a similarity first. Face, sir. If you had told as many lies in his behalf as you've uttered words in your own, you should not pass here. No, though it were as virtuous to lie as to live chastely. Therefore, go back. 
Okay, so the first one doesn't really trust him. I guess maybe he senses he's a politician or something. Menenius, pray thee, fellow, remember my name is Menenius, always factionary on the party of your general, second watch. Howsoever you have been his liar, as you say he have, I am one that telling true under him must say you cannot pass, therefore go back. Okay, so the watch looks really virtuous. They've got their duties, they, uh, duty, they've been given orders, and they're going to obey them. And uh, they, he just flat out at this point calls Menenius a liar. Uh, Menenius, has he died? Canst thou tell? For I would not speak with him till after dinner. Okay, so the watch keeps telling him they're not going to go in. Menenius is, is persevering, and he remembers like he, he told uh, Brutus and the other tribune, oh, I'll wait until it's after he's, he's eaten. So Menenius is already, I guess, thinking past the sale here and uh, thinking, well, I, I want to go in, but I don't want to do it until, and I'm going to be able to go in, but I don't want to do it until after he's eaten first. You are a Roman, are you? Menenius, I am as I general is first. Then you should hate Rome as he does. Can you, when you have pushed out your gates, the very defender of them, and in a violent popular ignorance, give your enemy your shield. Think to front his revenges with the easy groans of old women. The virginal palms of your daughters are with the palsy intercession of such a decayed dotant as you seem to be. Okay, so uh, getting pretty rough with him here. But these are, again, these watch people seem to be about the only virtuous uh, uh, people that we've encountered in the whole play. Back to the text, still the watch. Can you think to blow out the intended fire? Your city is ready to flame, and with such weak breath as this. No, you are deceived. Therefore, back to Rome, and prepare for your execution. You are condemned. Our general has sworn you out of reprieve and pardon. Menenius, sir, if thy captain knew I were, I were here, he would use me with estimation. First, come, my captain knows you not. Menenius, I mean thy general. First, my general cares not for you. Back, I say, go, lest I forth your half pint of blood. Lest I forth your half pint of blood. So he's going to start uh, um, sticking him with a spear, I guess. Back, that's the utmost of your having. Back, Menenius. Nay, but fellow, fellow. Enter Coriolanus with Aphidius. Coriolanus, what's the matter, Menenius? To first watch. Now, you companion, I'll say an errand for you. You shall not know now that I am in estimation. You'll perceive that a Jack Gardent cannot office me from my son Coriolanus. Guess but by my entertainment with him, if thou standest not in the state of hanging, or of some death more long in spectatorship and crueler than suffering. Behold now presently, and swoon for what's to come upon thee. Okay, Meninius is rather a puffed-up person, isn't he, to Coriolanus? The glorious gods sit in hourly synod about that particular prosperity and love thee no worse than thy old father Menenius does. Okay, so he's flattering Coriolanus now. Oh, my son, my son, he weeps. Thou art preparing fire for us. Look thee, here's water to quench it, he means his tears. I was hardly moved to come to thee, but being assured none but myself could move thee, I have been blown out of your gates with sighs, and conjure thee to pardon Rome and thy petitionary countrymen. The good gods assage thy wrath, and turn the dregs of it upon this varlet here, this who, like a block, hath denied me access to thee. Coriolanus, away! Menenius, how? Away? Coriolanus, wife, mother, child, I know not. My affairs are servanted to others. Though I owe my revenge properly, my remission lies in Olsen's breasts. 
that we had been familiar in great forgetfulness shall poison rather than pity note how much therefore be gone mine ears against your suits are stronger than your gates against my force yet for i love thee take this along and i read it for thy sake he gives menenius a paper and i and would have it sent and and would have sent it another word menenius i will not hear thee speak this man aphidius was my beloved in rome that thou behelst aphidius you keep a constant temper they exit so in other words he's uh he's constant in his hatred of rome and, and his old friend won't move him uh, the guard and meninius remain first watch now sir is your name meninius second tis a spell you see of much power you know the way home again. So they're laughing at him at this point because uh, Coriolanus just completely rebuffed him in spite of what he said. First, do you hear how we are shit for keeping your greatness back? Second, what cause do you think I have to swoon, Menenius? I neither care for the world nor your general. For such things as you, I can scarce think there's any. You're so slight. He that hath a will to die by himself fears it not from another. So he's going to kill himself is what he says. Let your general do his worst, for you be that you are long, and your misery increase with your age. I say to you, as I said to, away he exits first. A noble fellow, I'll warrant him. Second, the worthy fellow is our general. He's the rock, the oak, not to be wind-shaken. And the watch exit. Of course, if they're speaking of Coriolanus there, um, they will prove to be wrong, but we will see how as we go into scene three. Or enter Coriolanus and Aphidius. Coriolanus, we will, before the walls of Rome tomorrow, sit down our host, my partner in this action. You must report to the Vulcan lords how plainly I have borne this business, Aphidius. Only their ends you have respected. Stop their ears against the general suit of Rome. Never admitted a private whisper, no, not with such friends that thought them sure of you, Coriolanus. This last old man, whom with a cracked heart I have sent to Rome, Love me above the measure of a father. Nay, godded me indeed. Godded, G-O-D-D-E-D. -D -D -E -D. Not goaded, but godded. That's interesting. I guess uh, uh, Coriolanus is saying his fame uh, made him into a god, and Meninius was responsible for that. Back to the text, still Coriolanus. Their latest refuge was to send him, for whose old love I have, though I showed sourly to him, once more offered the first conditions, which they did refuse and cannot now accept, to grace him only the thought he could do more. A very little I have yielded to, fresh embassies and suits, not from the state nor private friends, hereafter will I lend ear to. Okay, so he's saying that it, it hurt him to, to treat Meninius that way, but he had to, to be to be constant. And he's, he's uh, reminding Aphidius that... Uh, He's been false to Rome, I guess, and true to the Volscians. And Aphidius is saying, admitting it, though, we've seen a hint that um, Aphidius is, even if he's convinced, he doesn't like that uh, Coriolanus has grown so in uh, respect and power among the Volscians. Shout within, still Coriolanus. Ha, what shout is this? Shall I be tempted to infringe my vow in the same time tis made? I will not enter Virgilia, Volumnia, Valeria, young Martius, that's his son with attendants okay so it's his uh his wife um his mother um i suppose the other woman of rome my wife comes foremost then the honored mold wherein this trunk was famed okay so his his mother is old so she's he said she's mold uh, double meaning there um 
mold as in depressed something and mold as in something that's old and decayed. And then her hand the grandchild to her brood. Calls, uh, that's interesting. He uh, he calls his son, not his son, but uh, her grandchild. So he's that cut off from his own uh, natural relations at this point. Back to the text to Coriolanus. But out affection, all bond and privilege of nature break. Let it be virtuous to be obstinate. Well, if it's virtuous to be obstinate, then uh, Coriolanus is extremely virtuous because he's been obstinate the whole play. Uh, Virgilia, uh, that's his wife, curtsies. What is that curtsy? What is that curtsy worth? Are those doves' eyes, which can make gods forsworn? I melt and am not stronger earth than others. Olympia bows. My mother bows, as if Olympus to a molehill should in supplication nod. And my young boy hath an aspect of intercession, which great nature cries, Deny not. Let the Volscians plow Rome and how Italy. I'll never be such a gosling to obey instinct. Okay, that's a, a little goose. Uh, goose, again, sort of a Roman image. Um, when the Gauls were attacking Rome, um, and in fact had taken this whole city except for Capitol Hill, um, it was a sacred geese, geese who awoke the guard and saved Rome from that. There might be a reference to that here. I'll never be such a gosling to obey instinct, that is, uh, to be, to be, uh, um, I guess, nice to his mother and his wife and his child and so forth. But stand as if a man were author of himself and knew no other kin. So uh, he doesn't have a, he's author of himself, he doesn't have a mother. Virgilia, my lord and husband, Coriolanus. These eyes are not the same I wore in Rome. Virgilia, the sorrow that delivers us thus changed makes you think so. Coriolanus, like a dull actor now, I have forgot my part. Shakespeare, I'm sure, knew all about actors forgetting their parts. Uh, by dull actors, by the text of Coriolanus. And I am out, even to a full disgrace. Best of my flesh, forgive my tyranny, but do not say for that, forgive our Romans. Okay, um, man and wife were were considered to be one flesh in the in the in the marriage ceremony. So, and she is uh, best of his flesh, uh, and she's supposed to give, forgive his tyranny, tyranny, and he can do that. Um, they kiss. Oh, a kiss long as my exile, sweet as my revenge. Now, by the jealous queen of heaven. That kiss I carried from thee, dear, and my true lip hath virgined it ever since. You gods, I prate, and the most noble mother of the world, leave unsaluted, sink my knee in the earth, he kneels. Of thy deep duty, uh, alliteration there, more impression show than that of common sons. Okay, so his, his knee is sinking in the earth, and it's more impression show. That is, he's impressed, and he's impressing his knee um, into the ground than of common sons. Volumnia, oh, stand up blessed. Okay, so she's saying uh, that, that he's blessed, or she's blessing him. He rises. Whilst with no softer cushion than the flint, I kneel before thee and unproperly show duty, as mistaken all this while between the child and parent, she kneels. So 
it should be the child uh, giving respect to the parent, but she's going to reverse it and kneel before him. Coriolanus, what's this? Your knees to me, to your corrected son? He raises her up. Then let the pebbles on the hungry beach fill up the stars. Okay, so uh, saying um, the pebbles on the hungry beach. They're, they're both uh, numerous, if you will. There's lots of pebbles on a beach. And uh, Philip, F-I-L-O-I-P, not exactly fill up, but Philip, the stars. Probably a pun there on uh, Philip and uh, Philip. I think Philip is uh, is like to rebuke him and so forth. Uh, rather curious image there that the pebbles could somehow uh, attack um, stars, but it's a reversal, and that's what he's saying here. That what she's kneeling to him, you know, that's as outrageous as pebbles trying to attack stars. Back to the text, O Coriolanus. Then let the mutinous winds strike the proud cedars against the fiery sun. Okay, so that um, a wind there would blow up trees and um, and somehow attack the sun with them. Um, notice there too, mutinous winds. Um, the play started with a with a mutiny of the um, of the plebeians uh, against the patricians. Murdering impossibility to make what cannot be slight work. Volumnia, thou art my warrior. I hope to frame thee. Do you know this lady, Coriolanus? the noble sister of Publicola, the moon of Rome, chaste as the icicle that's curdied by the frost from the purest snow and hangs on Dion's temple. Dear Valeria. Okay, so is that his sister? I'm not sure. At any rate, uh, Valeria. I, may, I can't recall from the early part of the play. Forgive me. At any rate, he uses all these images of, of, of virginity uh, for Valeria, Volumnia presenting young Martius. This is a poor epitome of yours, which by the interruption of full time may show like all yourself, Coriolanus to young Martius. The God of soldiers, with the consent of supreme Jove, inform thy thoughts with nobleness, that thou mayest prove to shame unvulnerable, unvulnerable, and stick of the wars like a great sea mark, standing every flaw and saving those that eye thee, Volumnia to young Martius. Your knees, Sarah, he kneels. Coriolanus, that's my brave boy, Volumnia. Even he, your wife, this lady, and myself are suitors to you. Young Martius rises, Coriolanus. I beseech you peace. If you'd asked, remember this before. The thing I have forsworn to grant may never be held by your denials. Do not bid me dismiss my soldiers or capitulate again with Rome's mechanics. That's the plebeians. Tell me not wherein I seem unnatural. Desire not to lay my rages and revenges with your colder reasonings. Okay, there. He used a bunch of cold images there by, above and in, in, in talking about virginity and saying that now they have colder reasoning, but um, he's all ragey and angry and hot still. Volumnia. Oh, no more, no more. You have said you will not grant us anything, for we have nothing else to ask but that which you deny already. Yet we will ask that if you fail in our request, the blame may hang upon your hardness. Therefore, hear us, Coriolanus. A fetus and you, Vulcan's mark, for we will have naught from Roman private. Okay, so he is honorable about this. He sits. Your request, Volumnia. Should we be silent and not speak, our raiment, raiment and state of bodies would bury what life we have led since thy exile. 
So they are, they're, they're in all rags and everything when they come to him. Back to the text of Alumnia. Think with thyself, how more unfortunate than all living women are we come hither, since at thy sight, which should make our eyes flow with joy, hearts dance with comforts, constrains them weep and shake with fear and sorrow, making the mother, wife, and child to see the son, the husband, and the father tearing his country's bowels out. And to pour we thine enmities most capital. Okay, play there upon capital as uh, as, as height and the capital, which, uh, C-A-P-I-T-O-L, uh, which is Rome's uh, center. Um, and she's there um, identifying what he's doing to her, to, to, to them, to their, to their, his family, um, what he's done to Rome. And, uh, and he realizes that too, that in order to go against Rome, he's going to be hurting them. But she identifies herself completely with Rome, back to the text of Alumnia. And to pour we thine enmities most capital, thou bearest us our prayers to the gods, uh, which is a comfort that we all but enjoy. For how can we, oh, notice it's barest, uh, and she she bore him in childbirth, uh, that all but we enjoy. For how can we, alas, how can we for our country pray? Whether to, where to we are bound together with thy victory, where to we are bound. And so it's a, you know, uh, <clears throat> there you got to pray for his victory, but his victory um, means the death of their country, and they're bound to that as well. So Coriolanus, um, she points out, has, has set up an unnatural um, condition and, and something where he goes against his his own flesh <clears throat> when he goes against Rome. Alack, oh, we must lose the country, our dear nurse. Okay, so the country is their, uh, their family, uh, their nurse. Or else thy person, our comfort in the country. We must find an evident calamity, though we had our wish, which side should win. For either thou must, as a foreign recreant, be led with manacles through our streets, or else triumphantly tread on thy country's ruin and bear the palm for having bravely shed thy wife and children's blood. For myself, son, I purpose not to wait on fortune till these wars determine. If I cannot persuade thee rather to show a noble grace to both parts, then seek the end of one. Thou shalt no sooner march to assault thy country than to tread trust to it, and thou shalt not on thy mother's womb that brought thee to this world. Okay, so she, and I think she's saying she's going to kill herself, Virgilia. I and mine, that brought you forth this boy to keep your name living to time, young Martius. He shall not tread on me. I'll run away till I am bigger, but then I'll fight. Okay, oh, said like a boy, Coriolanus. Not of a woman's tenderness to be requires, nor child, nor woman's face to see. I have sat too long, he rises. Volumnia, nay, go not from us thus. If it were so that our request did tend to save the Romans, thereby to destroy the vultures whom you serve, you might condemn us as poisonous of your honor. No, our suit is that you reconcile them, while the vultures may say, this mercy we have showed, the Romans, this we have received. And each and either side give the all hail to thee and cry, be blessed for making up this peace. Okay, she's showing him a way that, that maybe, um, you know, he can recover, he can make peace between the Romans and the Vultures. Thou knowest, great son, the end of war is uncertain, but this certain. And if thou conquer Rome, the benefit which thou shalt thereby reap is such a name whose repetition will be dogged with curses, whose chronicle thus writ, 
This man was noble, but with his last attempt, he wiped it out, destroyed his country, and his name remains the ensuing age abhorred. Like, uh, I guess we in, here in America uh, look on Benedict Arnold still, uh, to the extent anyone knows history these days. Or I guess you could say uh, Judas Iscariot. Back to the text still below now. Speak to me, son. Thou hast affected the fine strains of honor to imitate the graces of the gods, to tear with under the wide cheeks of the air, and yet to charge thy sulfur with a bolt that should but rive an oak. Okay, oak, oak an image there again. I believe... Uh, Rome was identified with uh, with oaks as well. Back to the text, still Volumna. Why dost thou not speak? Things are it honorable for a noble man still to remember wrongs. Daughter, speak you. He cares not for your weeping. Speak thou, boy. Perhaps thy childishness will move him more than can our reasons. There's no man in the world more bound to his mother. Yet here he lets me pray like one of the stocks. Okay, that's um, where they put criminals and they were abused. Um, and sometimes they put people who were loud and complaining and so forth into end of the stocks. Maybe that's what that means. Thou hast never in thy life showed thy dear mother any courtesy. And she, poor hen, fond of no second brood, has clucked thee to the wars and safely home, loaden with honor. Say my requests unjust and spurn me back. But if it be not so, thou art not honest, and the gods will plague thee, that thou restrain'st from me the duty which to a mother's part belongs. He turns away, down, ladies, let us shame him with our knees, to a surname Coriolanus longs more pride than pity to our prayers. Okay, nice alliteration there. We've got pride, pity, and prayers. Down, an end, they kneel. This is the last. So we will home to Rome and die among our neighbors. Nay, beholds this boy that cannot tell what he would have, but kneels and holds up hands for fellowship, does reason our petitions with more strength than thou hast to deny it. Come, let us go, they rise. Okay, so he's being very hard-hearted here. Um, this fellow had a vulsion to his mother. His wife is in Coriolis, and his child like him by chance. Yet give him us. Yet, yet give us our dispatch. I am hushed until our city be a fire, and then I'll speak a little. He holds her by the hand, silent. Coriolanus. Oh, mother, mother, what have you done? Behold, the heavens do open. The gods look down in this unnatural scene they laugh at. Oh, my mother, mother, oh, you have won a happy victory to Rome. For your son, believe it, oh, believe it. Most dangerously you have with him prevailed, not most mortal to him. Okay, so he's signaling that he's going to give in and not uh, and not assault Rome. But let it come. If it is so, I cannot make true wars. I'll frame convenient peace. Now, good Aphidius, were you in my stead, would you have heard a mother less? Or granted less, Aphidius, Aphidius, I was moved with all. Coriolanus, I dare be sworn you were. And, sir, it is no little thing to make mine eyes to sweat compassion. Okay, that's, um, he's crying. But, good sir, what peace you'll make, advise me. For my part, I'll not to Rome. I'll back with you and pray you. Stand to me in this cause, O mother, wife. He speaks to them aside. Aphidius aside. I am glad thou hast set thy mercy and thy honor at difference in thee. Out of that I'll work myself a former fortune. Okay, so he's going to going to betray him in spite of what he said. He's not going to work for peace. He's going to see that uh, Coriolanus um, 
is downtime. Coriolanus to the women. I, by and by, we will drink together and you shall bear a better witness back than words, which we on like conditions will have countersealed. Come, enter with us. Ladies, you deserve to have a temple built you. All the swords in Italy and her confederate arms could not have made this peace. They exit. So they think they're going to have a peace, huh? Well, we'll see next time when we pick up with Act 5, Scene 4. And until then, adieu.